Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. Good morning. I'm Linda Crater, and I'm glad you've joined us. You're listening to Wise Health for Women Radio, and we have a wonderful discussion for you today. Now, today we're talking about, for me, I've been using this Pomodoro app, and the word Pomodoro means tomato. It's like those little tomato timers that you see. I actually have a, a cow uh, timer that I use. They're just those little ticky kitchen timers. And what I've been doing is there's a lot of things in my day, you guys, that I don't want to do. And it saps my energy. I don't want to have to do all these things. And so if I compress the things I don't want to do into this little 20 minute timer, and you could use your phone, you could use an app, you could use lots of things. But I find if I give myself 20 minutes in the morning and I pretend someone's coming, I can get my kitchen cleaned up, my laundry thrown in, my living room, my my you know blankets, it's winter folded, all these things I can compress into this 20 minute time span, but I have to have everything written down first. I have to have a list of what to do and then boom, I'm done. And then I'm free for the day. And that gives me more emotional energy than if I wasn't using some sort of timer. What do you guys think about the timer opportunity? Like work for you, doesn't work for you. I'll say for me, I I think that it's super beneficial, especially for people. I work with a lot of clients that have ADHD and it's really hard to get excited about the mundane, the monotonous and all of that when your brain is firing in a thousand different directions. So I love the idea of setting a timer and, and on a reverse scale, I think sometimes what can be really helpful for people is the things that you hate to do, set your timer when you start doing them, see how long they actually take. I've done that with laundry so many times with sorting and folding the laundry. I'll set my timer and then stop my timer when I'm done. And I realize, wait a minute, that did not take nearly as long as I thought it was going to take. It's going to be fine. I can add this into my day. No problem. So I think just the idea of timing something sometimes can give us a really good perspective of, of how, you know, these things are actually truly throwing off our day, because I think we think that they have more power over us than they really do. I love that. I, I am a little bit different in that I've built in some habits that keep me controlled. So I I have a routine in the morning. I have a routine at night. I try very hard not to deviate from it, but I also pay attention to when my phone tells me how many hours I've spent on it uh, during each week. And so I have made a concerted effort in the last 18 months or so to stop looking or using the tools on my phone because I don't want the additional screen time. And it's had some upsides because if you build in the habits yourself, so you have your morning routine, your daily routine, et cetera, like you, there are things I don't want to do. And I have kept track of things, dishes, you know, they make it to the sink, but they don't make it into the dishwasher. And yet it takes a minute and a half to, to wash a whole sink bowl and get them in the dishwasher. Um, but I find that if I follow one simple rule, 
on uh, putting things away and organizing. It's called OHIO and it's an acronym for only handle it once. So I come in, I immediately hang up my coat. I, I try not to take the laundry from the laundry room and put it on the stairs. I march it right upstairs where it belongs. I don't always put it away. I have to confess, <laughs> I'm really bad about that. That's the part I can't seem to master, but I'm gonna work on that. Um, but you were talking about, we were talking about before the show that we don't often schedule ourselves for quiet time or stillness or recovery time. So while I'm really good at coming in in the morning and doing the things I don't want to do first, which I do, I, I do them, get them out of the way first. Sometimes I'll be sitting down for three, four hours without even realizing that I'm not. So again, making new habits of getting up. And I'm lucky enough that I can just walk down the stairs in my office and take a quick swing through a walk, half a mile, and I come back and I feel refreshed. So I use nature, I use breathing, and I use breaks because otherwise we can get so intensely focused opposite of the ADHD that we aren't being healthy either. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of uh, habitual versus absent screen time because that's one of my goals been to cut that way back. See, I was, I was freaked out when I looked at my screen time on my phone, but then I realized when I play music on my phone, that counts as screen yeah. time. Like, so, you know, I agree with you a hundred percent, but I would also say, look at what your screen time is. Cause I play music on my phone. I play blinks. I listen to audiobooks. you know, while I'm cleaning, while I'm working, all of those, you know, are considered screen time. Good point. So just make sure you're, you know, I, I look for positive or healthy screen time. I think one of the hardest things I have though, and I'm different than you guys, I have focus issues and I have a million distractions during the day that have two legs and four legs. And you know, <laughs> as much as I'd like to take the laundry room, like when I look at my going from my laundry to my stairs, I have to go through the landmine of children and my father distracting me, asking me for things. And, you know, I looked at my my post Christmas put away stuff. It took me a whole week because just to get the boxes to the laundry room out to the garage means going by the landmine of family of mom, I need this, mom, you need to sign this paper. You know, my dad's like, I'm, I'm thirsty. I can't get Archie on the TV. Like, I think there's, there's, and for me, somebody who's very service oriented, and I will drop everything to attend to my kid or drop everything to attend right. to my dad, getting back to that thing is really hard for me. And that's where I started looking for windows of focus, like a window of focus mm -hmm. happens when <laughs> my dad falls asleep, I can give him a cupcake, it'll knock him out for two hours because of the sugar. <laughs> or my kids are at school, you know, trying to find these focus windows are really tough. And Erin, this is where looking at your methodology, I'm going, where would my quiet time focus window go? And I guarantee you in my busy day, probably on the toilet. Yeah. Like literally the only time someone isn't calling my name, asking for something is when I close the bathroom door. So I'm thinking, what if, just a what if, what if when I go to use the bathroom, I set my timer on my phone for a minute and do a minute meditation? I mean, my body's doing what yeah. it's going to do anyway. I don't have to think about it. Like, where do you find focus time with three kids? 
Yeah, that's a really good question because there have been times that I set, because that's my favorite thing to do is set my, I say my favorite thing to do. It's a good reset for my brain. I don't know if it's my favorite thing, but I will set my phone timer for just one minute. Sometimes I do two minutes and take a second to breathe, to orient myself. I'll stop and think about what do I hear? What's going on around me? What do I smell? Where am I? Just grounding myself, being present. I'll think about something I'm grateful for, you know, all of that just for one minute or two minutes. And a lot of times I'll do that before I, I see a lot of clients like yesterday, I had back-to-back -back five clients in a row for health coaching, very different people, very different circumstances. And so before starting with the first one, I already had some other family stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I needed to transition. And that's something that I tell my clients a lot too, is even if you can't set your timer for a minute or two minutes, when you're transitioning just from room to room, like after we get off of this recording and I leave to go in the next room, I'm going to take a really big, deep breath in through my nose, out through my mouth, because I am making a transition back to mom mode. Right. And then after that, I got to run some errands. So when I'm in my car, I am going to make sure I have my good music playing, take some good deep breaths, you know? So I think that there are ways I love the timer thing. I think that for me has been really instrumental with just some regulation of my brain, but just throughout the day, if we can remember to take transitional breathing breaks, I, that can be helpful for those of us. And I, I'm going to wager that most of us have a whole lot of things we're doing and we're wearing a whole lot of different hats, right? And we need to be able to make those clear transitions, even for our body to know that, okay, I'm going from thing to thing. I'm not running from a thousand tigers at one time. <laughs> I'm just doing the one thing I need to be doing right now. I love that. I have a little extra bonus in that I have an office away from home and I'm above a veterinary practice. So there are animals in and out. Or if I take <laughs> a walk into the parking lot, everybody's got wonderful animals to see. So I find great comfort and a reset in, in animals. And it, it's just lovely, whether it's my own pets that I'll take time with or the, the visiting, we have Bruce who visits the office and, and marches through all the offices here. And it's just charming because it doesn't need to be much. I amuse very easily. So petting a dog really does give me calm. And I do agree with you though, the transitioning thing is, is, is difficult sometimes, if you, especially if you've been screened in on your computer, you're almost mesmerized and your eyesight has reset. So even just getting out of a chair to go stand up, sometimes it's dizzying. So I like your idea of making sure to, to breathe and be conscious of the transitions as opposed to forward rushing all the time into the next task. Well, that's what I find. I'm going to go back to my, my new best friend, my little Pomodoro. Um, <laughs> and I've bought a funny cow one because I don't want to do a lot of the things I have to do every day. And I also find with kids, and this is like my mommy tip for the day, is there's nothing boys like more and, and kids like more than a competition. So when I set that timer, 
I will say like, and I did this more when my kids were small. Now that they're older, they roll their eyes at me, but it still works. Like, hey, if we can get the whole house clean in 20 minutes, we can go for ice cream or we can go to the park. And what I love, especially about little kids is they love to run for the sake of running. So how about this? Run around the whole house and collect all the laundry, like run around and, you know, fold the blankets. Like, can you, because the whole point is, do you want to get these things done your way? Do you want to get them done or do you want to get them done right? Really, I can live with an unfolded blanket by a six-year-old or, you know, a, you know, <laughs> something like an attempt like that. But trying to, to push the things we don't want to do in the smallest pocket of time for our life so that we free up our energy and time for the things we do want to do. And I guarantee you, if you try my little Pomodoro cleanup technique, I do one in the morning for 20 minutes. I do one at night for 20 minutes. And then I do a five or a 10 minute one during the day, usually at lunchtime. And I'm throwing dishes in the dishwasher. I'm throwing laundry and I'm throwing, throwing, throwing. But all that stuff has to get done anyway. So I could do it slowly, hate every minute of it, be like, God, I'm so sick of this laundry. It never ends. That's my thought process when I do this. Or I can go, ooh, someone's coming to the house. And you know who that person is? That's me having a cup of coffee, sitting down and enjoying myself. So this little brain trick that I play, I go, okay, 20 minutes, I'm going to knock out all these chores. I knock them all out. And then all of a sudden I have 20 minutes to myself because that chore normally when I was doing it with my defeated mindset, the, oh my God, it's just going to get dirty again tomorrow. Why am I wiping out this microwave? And why did somebody just put spaghetti in without a paper towel on top? Just blasted my clean thing. Instead of going there with my chores and they could be the billing. It could be any number of things that you have to do to run your company set a timer, get it done, and then give yourself a reward. And Erin, maybe that reward for you is a cup of tea and a couple minutes to just sit down and breathe. Like all of these things can work together. You know, like Linda, when you're working on getting your, like, I get it. You go upstairs and you throw your laundry basket on the bed and you're like, that's enough. (laughs) I'm done for the day. I mean, I did not say I had it done perfectly, obviously. But I like I like your ideas. I, I think that everybody has these different ways of, of managing things. Um, I also reward myself on days. Reward may not be the right word, but I give grace to myself on the days that life has just thrown everything at me. I'm splattered like a paintball person. And it's it's okay. That's day is not going to be the the routine that I wanted or how I set it out in the morning. And, and I give grace to that because we have, we plan (laughs) and and God takes over. So (laughs) I, I love the way that if you give yourself the opportunity to relax into the chaos, sometimes you, you, you pull away and you start again, fresh the next day uh, or the next half day, whatever it is for you. Sometimes that past hour was awful but the next one's going to be good. And so I, I think that it's a, a balance of getting it all done and then realizing that some days nothing is going to go the way you want it to go. And it's all right because it will even out as more good days than chaotic ones. Yeah. I really like what you said about giving grace to yourself. And that's totally, I was thinking the same thing, just along the lines of self-compassion of if you are saying like, 
Sandra's method of the timer. I can only do what I can do in this amount of time and anything else. It's okay. It's not going to get done. Maybe it'll get done the next time I set the timer. You know, I think that's such a really practical way to even put some grace and self-compassion practices in for ourselves, because a lot of times we are our own worst enemies when we are doing all of the thousand things. I mean, I don't know how many days I'm like, I'm doing everything and I don't feel like I'm doing any one thing well, you know, we right. have those moments. So by taking time to, whether it's a, a breathing break or, you know, transition break, or it, like we mentioned, Linda, the nature break and, and getting a reset in that way, or taking that time chunk to do those horrible things as much as you can in that amount of time, it, it can establish some self-compassion practices for ourselves. And I really like that. Right. Well, well anyway, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I, I just said we self-sabotage if we don't do that. You push through when you don't want to do something and it's not going to work anyway. Yeah. True. No, and that's that's the whole energy thing. Like if I have a whole bunch of chores to do today and I can compress them into two 20-minute blocks or two 15-minute blocks. And then I can sit down and take a tea break. I mean, a tea break goes back to the British. I mean, the Japanese tea ceremony. It's it's this ritual, but it's it's slow. We are not whipping a tea bag into a cup, you know, blasting hot water in there, grabbing that mug and go. Like we're missing the purpose for this. So, you know, giving yourself a little mini break or a tea break, that's what I call them in my house. Like, okay, I'm going to have a tea break. I might have a diet Pepsi. I'm not having tea at that moment. But the point being is that I'm doing concentrated focused work, which we all know in business, deep focus, great book, read it, focus, focus, focus. But the whole point of all this is you focus for 15 or 20 minutes, you take a break. Then you go back and you focus and you do these things. And I guarantee you teaching your kids this as they grow up, how to focus, you know, like Aaron, what do you talk about when we focus on the meal bodies at rest or whatever? What's it? Yeah. Yeah. A body and stress won't digest. Yeah. Yeah. Being right. wherever you are, be all there because your body will tell you if you're not, you're going to have some stress symptoms in your whole body and your brain. You'll feel out of whack. Well, let's deconstruct a meal. Like when we have prayer before a meal, I don't care what religion you are. I don't care what belief system you are. Even if you did a gratitude prayer, what does that do? It calms the body down, right? So when we have less stress, do we digest better? Yeah, it activates is- digestive enzymes. You know, even on a physical level, you're producing more stomach acid. You're creating more salivary enzymes by thinking about your food and focusing on your food. So yeah, it's calming and it's helping your body do what it needs to do. Yeah, that's a big deal. Right, because why do we have prayer before, like, a, you know, we have a prayer or grace or gratitude, whatever. Why do we do it before the meal and not after? Wouldn't it make sense to do it after the meal? I'm so thankful for this meal that we just had versus mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for this meal. I know there's got to be some somebody in history who figured out, you know what, if we do this before eating, everybody does much better. Yeah. Now you have the, you have the, you have the creds behind it. You have the actual technical thing, saliva, you know, whatever, whatever's going on in there. But I know, I know the point is do it before, not after. Yeah. Digestion starts in the brain. And so I think when we are prepared, whether we're smelling our food, preparing our food slowly, even that, like you mentioned the tea break, I, for me, I I find a lot of, uh, it's, very strange comfort in giving myself time to chop and prep a meal, chop, chop the vegetables mm-hmm. The you know, for me, if I'm running through my day and not getting done where I need to get done, I don't have time to 
do something like that, like chop my vegetables and listen to my music. That's really enjoyable for me. But, it, but if I'm not doing what I need to do and time blocking and managing my time well, then that's the first, I'll be like, well, I guess it's scrambled eggs for dinner. You know, <laughs> um, I don't get to plan the meal. And there's a lot to that, that even is going back to, I'm, I think I have a personal theme here of self-compassion, but it is, it's, it's teaching ourselves self-compassion, just knowing I am worth taking the time to have a break. I'm worth taking the time to prepare a really nourishing meal for myself. And so doing all these things haphazardly, like oftentimes we get stuck in like a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. It really can be almost like you're working against yourself, right? Like you're, instead of partnering with your body on caring for yourself and the things around you, you're, you're working against yourself and making it a lot harder in the long run. Well, and you're blowing through life and you look back, if you look back at your yesterday and go, I had no idea what happened or where the time went, <laughs> you know, like that's a, that's a big, I, you know, that's a big slowdown and everybody thinks like slowing down slows you down for the whole day, but slowing down doesn't. And one of the things that I found when we put these breaks, like you mentioned time blocking, and then I'm going to go to you, Linda. When you mentioned time blocking, these Pomodoros or these five minute or 10 minute, those are time blocks. And they're time blocks that put a finite end to whatever task you're doing. Because when we work from home and our time is our own to get all these things done, we've lost the structure of the nine o'clock start day, the 1030 break, the 12 o'clock lunch break, back to one, you know, there was structure in there that helped us have those blocks throughout our day to have, and then when the day was done, we go home and in, in a perfect world, we'd leave the work till the next morning. Well, now so many of these working moms, hybrid moms, working from home moms, we've lost that structure. So putting in time blocking, as Erin talked about, or using my little kitchen timer, Pomodoro, or you can get an app on your phone, helps us start to put some structure back into our day. Because otherwise, it's just a free-for-all SHIT show for the day, how much can you get done? How much didn't you get done? And you could do a thousand things right, but if you didn't do that one thing you needed to do, your day is a failure. So Linda, I wanna to go to you for thoughts. Well, I'm, I'm going just to insert one thing that I know that truly helps me and it is anti-structure. Um, it's those little in, in what do you call them? Um, interruptions. There's little interruptions. I, I work in an office where there are five individual offices and I have delightful sweet mates. And I have been so amused and, and made so happy when someone comes in to either share good news or we share a laugh or it's, a, it's an odd or awkward, um, you know, we're on screen and someone comes in and, and asks for something, but I need laughter in my day. I need laughter and, you know, it's hard to manufacture laughter for yourself, though I do, again, amuse very easily, but it's fun when someone interrupts you or I see someone in the parking lot at the veterinarian and you, you're, you're talking to their dog before you talk to them. And so it's, it's just easygoing and it's amusing and it's entertaining, but I find that lifts my energy and makes me not feel like a worker bee all the time. It, it allows me to be a person and somebody who has positive energy to impart as well as to receive. So that that's just a little aside is that laughter again, moves hormones 
And it really does help to lighten and uplift your day. So we're almost at the end of our show. I just want to ask Aaron's viewpoint on one of my little, you know, 20 minute things each day is a calf nap. And I have my caffeine, you know, like I'll drink my cup of coffee or maybe it's my Diet Mountain Dew or sometimes I'll pop a Genius Caffeine who didn't sponsor today's show, but they've sponsored shows in the past. And then I lay down and I set my phone because I will not get up. Like if I lay down during the day, I'm done. Like out for the day, um, no matter whether I had to pick up kids or not. What do you think about the calf nap? Now, I find it a win-win because the caffeine wakes me up and then I can get through the rest of my day, but I don't like my dependency on caffeine. But with my current workload, kids and dad, I don't know what else to do. Tell us about calf naps. What are they and why do they work? And do you recommend them? Yeah. See, for me, it's so funny because I I talk about caffeine all the time with my clients. I think when people have a predisposition to anxiety, caffeine can be one of those things you really want to cut out of your day, especially afternoon or after two, that would be a no-no. If you have ADHD, however, and your brain is a little bit more on that realm of things, sometimes caffeine can really benefit you. And sometimes you need that for focus. Now, my opinion, I would go towards something like matcha that has L-theanine in it. L-theanine is amazing for brain regulation. So you're getting the caffeine without the jitters because you're getting the calm and focus from the L-theanine. And the other thought is I really love using different um, non-sleep deep breast meditations, otherwise known as yoga nidra, or even there are lots of different, you know, you can get on Spotify or any of your, whatever your music listening app is and search for something called binaural beats. It's these frequencies Mm -hmm. of sounds that can really help regulate your brain waves from, you know, a disjointed state to a more relaxed state. And I'll be honest, I did something like that just today. I did not sleep very well last night. It has been a crazy week in my world. And really the last few months have just been insane. And so there's something that I like to use called new calm and it's a neuroscience device. They use it. NASA uses it. Um, it's a lot of the pro, uh, Oh, what do you, football teams, things like that. They use it. And it's really just, it's a neuroscience technology that takes your brain waves from the highest state of stress to more relaxed state. I just did 20 minutes of it um, with an eye mask on and just deep breathing. And it truly, I felt like I had a two hour power nap. So I, I love your idea. I think that there are ways that that you could hack it maybe to where, um, it might be a little bit more body benefiting than a diet Mountain Dew, (laughs) Um, (laughs) no no judgment on the diet Mountain Dew, but you know, I think that there, there are all sorts of ways to do this and everybody's life is different. Everybody's circumstance is different. There is no one size fits all to health. Um, and, and I think it's going to look different for different people, but I, I love the idea of doing some laying down and listening to something or drinking something that's going to help your brain adaptogen drinks are really popular right now drinks that have things like GABA and tryptophan and L-theanine and um, it's kind of the new mocktail recipe is trying all these different adaptogen drinks ginseng is another one you know so so there's lots of different varieties that people can choose from that fits their lifestyle but yeah I think it depends on the person if that works for you um, then it works for you you know we all have to find what works for us because I can't tell you what's going to work for you I'm not you I'm not in your situation. Right, right. And I just give you guys one last thing. When you put matcha into your lifestyle with I with which I did, follow the directions. 
don't put a big <laughs> scoop in there. I thought it was like protein powder, but no, you just need a little oh, tiny no. bit. So I did a protein powder size scoop. I was up for like four days. I kid you not. And um, it tasted disgusting. So now I've read the directions, read the directions. I love my matcha latte in the morning. So I'm just going <laughs> to put, I'm going to try the matcha in the afternoon. What a great idea. So you guys, thank you for being with us today on behalf of Linda Crater, Aaron Carey, and myself, Sandra Beck. Have a great week and get some sleep, get some rest, do what you need to do. All these great ideas are coming to you from us to you, and we'll be back again soon. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com.